everyone had the same swagger walk as Andre 3000 as they went into like interviews or school or first dates, like everyone would get what they want. That swagger walk <laughs> just screams confidence. I would hire someone on the spot with that little like lean back walk in with that smile. Ooh, that smile. That's where it all began. That smile. <laughs> He's funky. I mean, that's yeah. that's. That's what it is. Is that is this how we're starting the show today? <laughs> yeah. With the swag walk. Yeah. Uh, what this are we doing is, today, Josh? Um, well, this is episode two. Ourselves. You wanted the gap in there, right? I did. <laughs> uh, and we are doing an album deep dive of Outkast's fourth studio album, Stankonia. Because it's the birthday of that album. Yeah, 20th anniversary. It came out on 31st. I don't, that, nothing special about that day. Uh, of the year 2000. The year 2000. The distant future. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I have to tell you, um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you want this on the pod, but we had, we had talked about that... You know, we did this origin story episode and it's like, oh, here's two emo kids um, and let's do something right out of the gate. That's not one of those things and go out of our comfort zone. And this is uh, Stankonia is it's uh, it's 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 a daunting <laughs> task. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. Very different than, you know, it's a good it's a good place to do exactly what you said to start outside of our comfort zone. So. Can I tell you Here how I reviewed this album? I'm scared. <laughs> the first half, I sat down with a pen and paper and like listened to every little song, looked up lyrics, got very serious about it, and then I put it down. And then like two nights later, I got really high and I listened to the last half of the album and I just grooved to it and like typed some notes. <laughs> did not have okay, as much okay. dedication, but it still did it. Well, and see, I knew that you'd be doing like a track by track analysis, so I was like, okay. I need to try to be, at least in some respect, like a historian on this. Um, so, like, if you're if you're doing a heavy track by track thing, I can kind of fill in some of this. Like, where was out here? What does this kind of stuff mean for them? Um, and that kind of stuff, and you know, what maybe like what's going on in the world and how that, um, you know, affected what they were doing. Yeah. So should we start for this with the stats on this this yeah, album? Yeah, go with the stats before we get into each track. Yeah, well, yeah, and I I wanted to do some like maybe like personal histories and stuff like that too. So, um, yeah, so like we said, uh, this is Outkast's uh, fourth studio album. It was released on October thirty first, two thousand, and it debuted at number two on the Billboard two hundred album chart. Uh, first week sales were 525,844, so it was certified gold, and it's eventually, by 2003, went four times platinum. That's sexy. Uh, it's three singles, B.O.B. B.O.B. reached number 69 on the Hot 100, but was banned from many radio stations because they were they thought that the Bombs Over Baghdad title meant it was a political song. And then Miss Jackson reached number one on the Hot 100, and it was on the chart consecutive it was on the chart for 22 weeks not at number one but just in general yeah. and then so fresh so clean um reached number 30 on the hot 100 and was on the chart for 20 weeks 
Mm. And then those, and then lastly, um, Miss Jackson won a Grammy for best rap performance by a duo or a group, and and then Stankonia also won the Grammy for best rap album. Hell yeah, deserves it. Not to so spoil my was already, opinion of it. <laughs> what's that? Not to spoil my opinion of it, but it deserved it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna come out of the gate with a album we didn't like, right? I mean, that's that would true. Be, that's set a negative tone. I'm like, oh, first album we're gonna do uh, Nickelback. Uh, I don't see. I don't even know the name of any Nickelback albums, but maybe they had a self-titled Nickelback. Probably. Nickelback. I'm sure there's a Boston. greatest hits, the very there best of Nickelback. It's three songs, the very two songs. Worst. It's that photograph song, right? Did they do Nickel? Is yeah. that Nickelback? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't try to act like you don't know that that's Nickelback. Everybody. Honestly, I forgot if it was either Creed or Nickelback for a second. It is Nickelback, though, because that guy with the long horse face. Yeah. That's so mean. <laughs> okay, so we did do the I stats. Do personal history? Yeah, personal history probably makes sense before we um, go into the rest of it. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead, Danny. <laughs> I have a short one. So, I, I mean, I own this on vinyl, but at the time... I did download this illegally as a child, and I never knew any of the track titles, but I did have this burnt in a CD in my car for a long time, and that's really it. I just loved it. I don't have a huge history I, with it. I know I gave several cops listen to this show. Um, <laughs> oh, crap. So you're screwed. This you're going back to jail. 2000. <laughs> I wonder what the statute of limitations is on that. I'm sure it's not. 20 years but <laughs> all right what's your history well um so i did really like uh hip-hop in the mid to late 90s hip-hop and r&b like what like i said in the last um episode i you know i was like glued to mtv so if something had a popular music video i was all about it although i didn't really like southern rap that much um you know it was all about the coast for me just like it was everybody else too um but outcast kind of was the thing that put southern rap on the map at least in the face of the mainstream um you know obviously there were like success relatively successful uh southern rap artists before them but they really put they really brought it to like another level um and there's actually this like thing it was a couple of years before this. I think it was like in 95 or 96 where Andre like at the source awards was like, Atlanta's got something to say. And like, it was like a pivotal moment. So, cause up to that point and really even up to this point, it was still mostly, you know, rappers and rap groups from New York and LA that were kind of ruling the roost. But anyway, so I, yeah, I didn't really like Southern rap, but I'd actually heard outcast for the first time on um tlc's crazy sexy cool album they're on a they're andre does a verse on a song called something wicked this way comes it's pretty good um of course i was only like nine um when that album came out so obviously can't really fully appreciate it but um but up until this album is the album where i kind of really became aware aware of them because other than up before this i i knew that and i knew rosa parks yeah rosa from their uh from a Quimini, their album before this 
Um, you didn't know and elevator? This is, so, was that elevator from, from Equimini? I think so, yeah. Oh, man. For sure, without looking it up. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Did you see but, that Timely, we did not... I planned this, but like Andre 3000 is in the news currently because Young oh, Thug. Oh, no, I did not. So Young Wait, Thug what? was trash-talking Andre 3000, and the rap community is not happy about it because it's Andre 3000. Like, you don't touch yeah. that. No. And it, it, this just happened like a day ago, and I was like, oh, the timing. <laughs> wow, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I'm super, like, up on the beefs. Like, I usually, I hear about it, like, if Eminem murders somebody. You know, like, but otherwise, um, Does that I don't happen really, often. I don't really. <laughs> well, no, no, like, like, you know, a couple years oh, ago, uh, like, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly had that like diss song, and then Eminem like r- had a put a song out like right after, and was like, no. So, mm-hmm. and that's why Machine Gun Kelly is doing pop punk now. <laughs> so, I did not love that album, and people were like, "Oh, you'd love that album." I didn't. Love I like the song with Halsey, but that's. That's about where I'm leaving it. This is for another day. Yeah. We're not talking about Machine Gun Kelly. We are not. This is Stagonia. Yeah. I want to make you feel better, though. Uh, So, you know, in around this time, um, this is when, you know, Napster, Kazaa, Limeware was a thing. And, you know, my parents didn't always, even though I tell you that I was really into hip hop, um, my parents weren't necessarily letting me buy a lot of stuff with the explicit sticker on it. So um, I was downloading stuff, too. And um, So your you parents know. wouldn't let you own Christian albums, and they wouldn't let you listen to hip-hop. Where the hell did they want you to land here? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a fine line. We walk a fine line. <laughs> um, Russian, Russia only. Not even, I, yeah, I don't even know about that, but... Um, so, um, but at the same time, like I only really knew at like the time the album came out, I knew basically knew the singles and that was it because I'm seeing it on MTV and I'm really, especially as far as like hip hop goes, I'm really just listening to what my friends listen to, listen to. So, um, and like what's popular. So I'm, I'm hearing, I'm downloading the singles and that's probably about it. Something I, Outcasts is, or Stankonia is something I got into as a full album, like later on in life, which is yeah. probably better because I have a better appreciation for for all the complexities. Um, one last history note for me: at the same time that this album came out, I also had a math teacher named Miss Mrs. Jackson, <laughs> so that uh, was always really fun too. So, um, did you sing it to her all the time? Yes, we did. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, my homework's not done. <laughs> Boom. So yeah, that's uh I feel bad saying that, oh, I didn't really buy the album or um know a whole lot about it when it came out, but you know, I was what, fifteen, fourteen, so like I said, I listened to the whole album through a lot, but I didn't know any of the tracks and I skipped many of them at the time. But we'll get into there's a funny one where I had my own name for the song because I didn't know what it was called. And I'll get into that when we get into it. Well, and one of the other things I think and it's I think it's imp- I actually wanted to say this earlier, but um, I think it's important for us to like. Point out that we're both two white dudes from 
the suburbs slash i think you lived uh in a little bit like a rural town for a bit so like we don't really (laughs) yeah we don't um we aren't we don't identify with you know uh hip-hop culture in atlanta georgia you know we don't necessarily understand all of the nuances of everything that this meant to people and at the time and you know all of the things uh that they rap about and stuff but we do our best to you know share our appreciation here so and these are just our opinions listen to it make your own opinions <laughs> yeah unless you don't like it then get out of here yeah that's the <laughs> opinion we don't like is if you just don't like stankonia yeah all right let's get into each track let's do it track one intro yeah so how do you f- so this this album has 24 tracks and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them are skits. I hate it. Yeah. There's like two or three that could have stayed. Too many skits, though. This is definitely something that's very like indicative of hip-hop albums and hip-hop albums at the time. Yeah. Like, they all had a ton of skits. Some of them were really good. Some of them, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with them. But at some points with this album, I feel like they kind of break up the flow a little bit. Some of them do. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just because they do that, like, and break. Like, some if, if they just put them, like, on the end of the song and maybe they float into the next thing. But it did take me out of it for some of it. Some, of, you them. Remember, some of them are good. This is way off topic. Not completely. But there's an Eminem skit where it's just, like, a guy going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that was the worst skit ever. Ugh, Wasn't that yeah. the one where where it's like making fun of ICP? It might have been. I just yeah, remember, I don't I, even remember I what the skit was. was, but I remember a guy growling and saying, "Oh yeah." All right, so yeah, the intro. Let's go to track number two, "Gasoline Dreams." <laughs> so I will say, I think in the intro. Sorry, I'm backtracking. No, go here. back. I think yeah. the intro, the intro one is is one of the the cool ones because it's kind of like we're descending into this like mythical place, Stankonia. It's like part Atlanta, part um, other realm kind of, you know, we're going down deep. So I I think like that, that, that one is cool. That one works for me. Um, You know, I like that one. Okay. Now we can talk about gasoline dreams. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So gasoline dreams featuring, do you know how to pronounce it? I'm going to say Cujo. That's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to butcher it. Uh, it's feels very political. Straight banger. Gives off that fuck the police vibe, but not it's not that song. Almost doesn't set the right tone for this album, but the hook is really awesome. Like when you just hear this song, you're like, oh, this is going to be like a somewhat NWA rile you up kind of album. Yeah. Um, and I... Uh... I've I've read two different things about what this uh, what this track means and one of them is that it's about like people doing coke and the reason that it's like gasoline is because they like impure like a lot of coke I guess like impure coke smells like gasoline because there's impurities in it and stuff um, but then other people have I've seen other people say that it's like about like American imperialism and oil and all that sort of stuff um, either That's way making a away from it <laughs> yeah I mean. Like I said, I I was kind of like some of these, some of these ones that maybe weren't super clear. I was trying to do a little bit of research on like, you know, what are we looking at here? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good song. It's definitely um, 
I think it's a little bit more old outcast than the rest of this album. Um, and like a lot of the other tracks, it, it features, uh, it has a feature on it. So uh, here's my favorite think... lyric, the Cujo goodie. It's Mr. Reaper Babylon, the great, the mother of the heartless is falling. Prophecy must be fulfilled. The liquor fire is calling. And I was like, that is a sick line. <laughs> Very good. So yeah, yeah, I really like this catchy track. hook. I mean, it's yeah, and this is something they do good on the whole album. They know how to write catchy um, hooks and choruses. I mean, that's on almost know. the whole album. I'll say that now. <laughs> well, and not every not every song is going to be perfect, you know. Yeah. Track number three. I'm cool. <laughs> She's cool. Thoughts. I. It's it's a skit. There's only I mean, one. We don't skit have to like talk about every skit by. if we don't. You know, <laughs> no, I didn't. I'll say it's just in case you'd like something from it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on. Yep. Track number four, so fresh, so clean. Number th- the third single. Does it get any funkier? Does it? No, Josh. <laughs> no, it does not. This it's is just... a very funky song. It makes you feel like grooving. Like it's one of the best shower songs ever. Put this on and you're in the shower. You're cleaning harder than ever. Every <laughs> crack and crevice is going to be spotless because you want to be it, fresh and clean. <laughs> it doesn't say it on my notes here, but Sleepy Brown is actually the person singing. Um, he's a longtime uh, collaborator with with them, and he sings a lot of the the choruses. So it's actually Sleepy Brown singing the chorus on this one. And I was actually going to tell you one other thing. This song, so this the sample on "So Fresh, So Clean" is "Before the Night is" is from "Before the Night Is Over" by Joe Simon. Yeah, so did not I'm know gonna, that. I'm going to use my new skill here and show this to you really quick. Okay, and you'll he- obviously hear it right away. Take my- Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So funky, so funky. It's, it's it's one of the you know it's it's one of the the best things about this album is the there's a lot of like funk and like psychedelic guitar on this album. Um, they're really like uh, they are they're not just a rap group. They're you know they're music mus- musical masters and they they're maturing and their sound is. You know, it's all over the place. I wanted to bring up one lyric that I thought about hard. So I feel like only Outkast could drop an Anne Frank reference and not cause concern back then. Like, remember when 303 did? And everyone's like, oh, man, what the heck? I don't. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) You know, I just wanted to bring that up. They truly are the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. Just like stated at the end of the song. It's it's definitely uh <laughs> it's definitely an anthem. It's and it, it you know I'll I'll probably say this a couple times, but some stuff some stuff from this era, some hit songs from this era, you know, they were bangers then. They're dated now. Yeah. All three singles on this album are timeless. Yeah, yeah. All three. And this Couldn't is Couldn't agree more. Speaking of <laughs> Let's move on to track five, Miss Jackson. This is my favorite song on the album. This um, is a perfect song. I mean, it's 
it's so good. I don't like I hate to be like the shill and like the number like the number one hit. Um, but it's like I think at the same time there's a reason it's the number one hit. Like it's it's really good. Like um and it's different and you know, all the same stuff I was already saying, like bringing in all these other different uh aspects to the so- to the songs, not just a straight rap song. Andre's kind of floating in the cl- clouds doing some sing rapping and doing you know, and it's just it's good. The beat, the, beat, the uh the repeating piano descrando descrando with the funky untis and back or like the bass licks. Ugh. And well and the like the reverse sound. Yeah. Like and you then, could play that, just that, and I would know what song it was from. Like it's it it's iconic. And that music video is so memorable. Like if you just see any animal bobbing its head, you're like, I know what song this is. I don't even need to hear it. <laughs> Do you know what this song is about? Uh, yes. Without clicking on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about having a child with someone that you're not compatible with, but still trying to be present in the child's life. Right. I don't <laughs> It's what is actually it like an apology letter to a, your baby mama's, mama and so this and this song is actually inspired by erica badu's mom oh really because andre 3000's baby mama is erica badu i did not know that yeah they have a they have a child together who's like an adult now and he was born in like 1997 uh his name is seven or her name i'm not actually sure if it's a boy or a girl but I'm, the child's a girl. name is seven mm-hmm I want you to think about who the parents are. These are two no. extremely artistic people. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Apple. No, that's true. That's true. I think it's a cool name. Or Ivy, Blue Ivy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you better watch out. Jay Z is going to be coming for you now. And and no, not even Jay Z. It's going to be uh, Beyonce and the the Bay the Bayhive. Hey, I just want to just for the any Bayhive people listening. I want to distance myself from Danny's comments. I think whoa, is a great name. This child is doing wonderful things already. It's reading books. I'll give you guys his address if you want to <laughs> find him and talk no, to him about him. <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, hey, speaking oh. of your address. Don't put that on air. <laughs> you don't want to know? No, no, not your address. Did, it, did you get any interesting mail in the last week? So in last week's episode, I said I would never own a Bon Jovi album. And then Josh sent me a Bon Jovi album, which is wonderful. I even kept the little sticker that has your note, and I put it in the sleeve forever. Oh, so yep, so one I, man. I so, own a Bon Jovi album. Classic. It's got all the hits on it. <laughs> when you Track you know six. you already have um you already have Bon Jovi's first recording ever. What's that? Christmas in the Stars. Do that I Star have Star Wars it? Christmas album? Don't you have it? So I have the sleeve. Oh, you have this. That's right. I you don't actually the have the album. That. I just love the sleeve. <laughs> well, yeah, that's his first. Um, he was like the janitor at the studio, and he put some, laid down some vocals on something. That was his first uh, professional recording. That's impressive. Before the band. Anyway, track back six. To the, back to the, so speaking speaking of first appearances, snapping and trapping, track six features. Killer Mike and Jay Sweet. Yeah, this is the first professional recording of Killer Mike ever. Really? Yeah. 
Are you aware of who Killer Mike is? Yes. I don't one know a lot about him, but I know the name. One half of Run the Jewels. Oh. And also, you know, he's obviously like very politically active. So. Eventually, we are going to do an episode called Bands I Just Can't Get Into. And run, Wait, the like run the jewels on my list. No, oh. and I've tried to like run the jewels. Danny, I know everyone I know likes run the jewels. I feel left They're out. So good in the rain. So this is probably my least favorite song on the album. Yeah, I do love the synth wine, but it's just maybe because it follows two bangers. You know? Yeah, I mean, and it's I'm, definitely hard to be a good song coming after those two. Sure. And I'm not a fan of the hook of this song. The don't you be looking at me crazy like you want to. The game is over. K okay, baby, baby, won't you? Like, I just do not like the hook. Is this song about being a god in bed or beating the shit out of someone? Or are they the same? <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> I didn't do a lyrical deep lyrics. dive on some of these. <laughs> like the lyrics could be. Either some of them could be about being really great in bed, and some of them could be about just killing someone in the streets. Not killing them, but beating the crap out of them. J Sweet's reggaeton, regic, whatever edition at the very end of the song is pretty bad. This is my opinion. It's a low, it's a low light. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's. It's. Um. You know, Killer Mike is a is now like an institution in Atlanta, um, and so that's that piece of it. That, that piece of history is cool. Wait, uh, is Killer Mike the one that stood up and spoke for Atlanta during like? Yes. The... Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate him as a person. You I would. He's jewel. a good dude. <laughs> Maybe good dude. I will like run the jewel. Maybe you'll find a way to make me like run the jewels. Yeah. And, and you would you would know the two guys in the jewels don't look alike at all. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to track seven, the DF interlude. I actually like this one. This is yeah. a keeper. This should stay in. Is this your favorite skit? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, according to my, what I wrote, it's my favorite skit. <laughs> because the other, yeah, the last couple are terrible. So yes, this is my favorite skit. <laughs> I don't right. have any thoughts on the skits. <laughs> Track really? eight, Spaghetti Junction. Which it's a great name. It's a great. It's a great My song. My note name. is, I hate that song name. <laughs> I said it's a real head bopper for sure. Simple hi hat, snare beats with record scratches and that horn section, but I hate the name. Are the lyrics? Do you, Do you know anything about the history of this song? Did you look no. anything up? All right. It sounds like it's just like surviving in the in the streets, like dangerous streets. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I just don't like the name. <laughs> I like it. I I feel like Andre had to have been the person that named the song. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it could also be an Italian restaurant. <laughs> Spaghetti Junction. That would be wonderful. It could be right next to their studio. Trek 9, Kim and Cookie, the worst interlude. I hated oh. this one. <laughs> this one fits with the song that comes after it well, though. I did write that. But track 10, I'll Call Before I Come, is also one of my least favorite songs on the album. So this, I have a, I have like a love-hate with this one because I think that the chorus is an earworm. The yeah. chorus has a good melody, 
but I am not a big fan of these like silly sex songs. Exactly. Not, um, not my bag, you know? Um, but I will say this, uh, this song there. So there are several songs in this album that kind of like touch on things that rap's not really touching on. And this will sound kind of silly. Um, but this is, there weren't a lot of songs that were saying like, cause like in, in non-silly terms, this is saying like, Hey, take care of your woman, you know, be be a considerate lover. Right. Everyone at the finish line. How many like (laughs) other raps, like a lot of rap songs are like, it's all about me. I'm trying to get this P word, you know, like, you know, like it's, so um being you know it's a silly song like that but at the same time like um being considerate of your partner is is something it's and it's something that wasn't really a prevalent theme in hip hop in the late 90s early 2000s I mean the funk the beats funky everyone raps really I think- good this, if the subject matter was different, I would love this song. Yeah, I thought same that too. melody, same cadence and stuff. Like, but it's just the, you know, yeah, the subject <laughs> matter is not but my now, favorite. Let's move on to uh, track eleven, B O B. Wow, masterpiece. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I don't. I might. I might put this in like a top ten rap songs of all time playlist like this is and i think the other thing that it's worth noting for this song is that it's it's got a like politically conscious title even though the song's not really about what the title uh makes you think it's about um but that's something and then also like this is this is totally different than anything going on in the scene at that time with this frantic like fast paced beat um and this is different than anything outcast had been doing and i think like it's super brave yeah to do this song and have it be your lead single you said it earlier how everything holds up this song hits the same as the first time I hear it, every time yeah. I hear it. No, it's so like, good. Like, you just get so excited when Bombs Over Baghdad starts. And then, like, you have that over a minute Hendrix style guitar solo, which on That's a normal song saying. would drive the me psych- nuts. Psychote- psychedelic guitar. Like, it, and it, it's not the only song that it's in. Um, yeah. But you can it's definitely really... see, like, their influences from other genres from that. Um, and the other thing that I, I read that, like, this came out of is, like, rave culture i think that's kind of some where the where the fast beat comes from is them like looking into that kind of stuff it's yeah it's wild and then the choir chants at the end of power music electric revival like oh it's such a good song and i you know it's funny i i don't know if you know this about tab uh my fiance for those listening that don't know um she has no interest in hip-hop whatsoever not really um but this song hits right huh (laughs) but the song hits right no so that's the funny thing is like i she doesn't she has like a cultural awareness like 
certain people she could tell you, oh, that's who that is. Like if she hears them or whatever, you know, but she doesn't, it's not really her thing. This song came on. We were in the car early in our relationship. She knows every word. And I'm like, how? <laughs> you don't know anything else in this genre, you know? So that, that I feel like that tells you something. And this isn't one of those, like, you know, this isn't roses or Hey, yeah, you know, this is, no, like, this is not an easy lyric to learn. <laughs> right. I think, I mean, I think she was jumbling some of them, but the fact that she knew the song was like, it blew my mind because she didn't know anything else in the, in that sphere. Yeah. I mean, I have nothing else to say. I was like rating these albums because I didn't know if we were going to do that or each song. And most of them were like one to five. We should have planned this five. <laughs> I know. But this one I put 10 to five, like 10 out of five stars. It's just so mind blowing. So I, I'm, I wrote a bunch of like history things and I'm kind of just picking my spots as we're going through to kind of bring these things out. So um, this, uh, this song... And well, since we've done all three singles now, I will. And I brought up the thing about Tab. The thing that I've, the thing about this song, or about this song and the other, and this album, is that this is the, this is the album. They had already had some success. Like Equemini got five out of five mics in the source. They had a hit, hit song. Like they had hit songs before that, um, but nothing on this level. And this is the album that really brought them into the, like not just the MTV mainstream, but the mainstream mainstream. And so yeah. this is kind of, I was listening to some other people talk about it and, and reading some stuff. And I found out that this is kind of like the, if you think about like from our experience, this is the, from under the cork tree, um, the black parade. This is like, this is the catapult where they get like, famous like it made it famous, famous, famous and it wasn't really our thing anymore like it was like the people that had already been without cast the real like hip-hop heads like this is the this is the album that really brought it to the mainstream brought it to like suburban america and you had like a lot of other people appreciating their music than not than just the people that had kind of been with them for those first three albums the but that are like, in the same sense i feel like this album is so good and not that far off from what they can do normally that they didn't lose fans. Like a lot of the like from under the cork tree, black parade. Yeah. I don't know that. Like, yeah. I don't think that they lost fans. I, do, I definitely think some people were disillusioned cause it wasn't the same thing, but, um, and this is what I, this is what I heard people saying was like in 2000, I was like, I don't know how I, f I like this, but I don't know how I feel about this. And then those people now, like as they're older are like, no, this album's great. You know, I've, yeah, you know, it's a different thing. So, but this is, um, that, yeah, that, so it, I never really thought about that that way, but it kind of makes sense that, especially with the way that they're kind of like exploring the musical space and doing the, all these things that aren't like traditionally hip hop, the sing rapping, like the stuff that they're, you know, and that's the other, like Andre does all of this, like singy, sing songy melody, like not just traditional rapping stuff. And it had been done, you know, had people like Lauren Hill, yeah. but at the same time, he kind of like really opened that door for people like Childish Gambino and Drake, like your sing rappers that you have now. Um, and all of this like exp uh, experimental like stuff, it really makes me like, okay, I'd be really surprised if like Donald Glover is not listening, like not growing up on this because Donald Glover has that same 
instinct in him to do like weird, not just hip hop type stuff with his hip hop, you know, and he's all, he's also from Atlanta. So like it, all that stuff mixes together. Like, I feel like, have you ever heard anything about like outcast being a inspiration for him? I have not, but there's a song later I want to say is pretty much a Childish Gambino song. We'll get to okay. that. <laughs> okay. I'm seeing we're on the same wavelength. I'm just ahead of you. That's all. Track 12, Explosion. Featuring Be Real. I like this song. It's more of a traditional rap song, which makes sense because you got Be Real from Cypress Hill on it. So I like the funky low bass synth beat going on. I don't love Underwater Andre. That's what I call him. Because it's got that voice like vocator or whatever. It's like. It goes away though. Uh, Be Real does really good on it. It's a good song. Good jam. Any other notes? No. (laughs) I like track (laughs) Track 13, Good Hair. Also could live without. Leads into We we Love These Hoes. Um, (laughs) You know. But yeah. So this is the song. That I put on a little like mix CD I had for my car, and I didn't know the name of it, so I just called it the Laffy Song. Yeah, or whatever it's. But yeah, it's it's a good song. I like it. Uh, it's funky. The bass line that might have been used too much in rap songs, but they they put that duck quack synth sound that makes it feel fresher. Yeah. So, uh, I... Big Gip sounds like he just woke up. So did you? <laughs> if you listen to the song, it really sounds like. They just woke up Big Gip to like sit up and like sing his 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 bars. He sounds like out of it or that could be marijuana. Hey, who are we to who are we to judge? <laughs> I didn't um, say his bars were bad. I just said it sounds <laughs> like he woke up. <laughs> yeah. Um I I so I heard that um like Backbone, he's the dude in the Dungeon Family crew, like their crew who still had like the most street cred. Like he was like in the crew, but still doing some gangster shit too. Like, yeah. And like, that was his role. Like, Hey, you need to like bring us to the streets, you know, like help build that street cred for the crew and for, for our music and stuff. So. And they put him on. We love these hoes. Yeah. Which this just like I'll call before I come is another one of these, like kind of progressive for the time. Yeah. Because it's like, it's, you know, um, literally like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg say, we don't love these hoes. Like, it's literally like flips that on its head. Um, and yeah. obviously, you're still calling them hoes, you know. But at the same time, um, <laughs> you're, you're giving disrespecting them, them with the name, but you're respecting them. <laughs> yeah, in a way. So, and I know that's silly, but that's, I mean, it's, no, it's, 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 it's legitimate. So, track. 15 Humble Mumble featuring Erica Badu. Yeah, uh, so this is probably, and maybe because of her feature, because I like her, um, this is probably my favorite non-single track on the album. Same. Same. Nice. When they sing together, when Andre and her sing together in yeah. the intro, like, they hit, their harmony is just perfect. One I love. Oh. So... They have like that little like is that like a calypso beat at the beginning? It's bossa nova. Bossa nova. Like that's like, yeah. I'm yeah. Glad they that you... play that for the first piece, and then when it gets into it, they flip the switch, and Andre's verse gets so funky. Oh, I love the funk when he comes in. I almost feel bad for Big Boy because he didn't. He had that like bossa nova beat. It was like kind of <laughs> it's kind of like thin, and then Andre comes in and it's like, oh, here it is. Like this song just like <laughs> went to another level. 
This song should have been a single, like the more you listen to it. I don't know. It's just so good. Everyone did so great on it. Well, you know, I think back in these days, you didn't do more than like two or three. So maybe that's. Yeah, maybe that's fine. Maybe it was, uh, you know, in my heart, I like to think that it was like the next one up. I, I'll go with you there. <laughs> Track 16, Drinking Again interlude. This one was garbage. Ugh, just these interludes. I can't even remember which what this one is. It's just like him waking up after drinking. Okay. And that's the interlude. And then track 17, Question Mark. I feel like this was a fresh freestyle that they did. And they were like, well, it's not a full song. Let's Let's just throw it on. It's like it's not an interlude because it's like a minute and 30 seconds. But it's not like it doesn't feel like a complete song for damn sure. Yeah. But it's still impressive. Like, yeah, it's I like just it. Not, I don't know. I, I forget about it because it doesn't really have a strong hook, but it's got really like one long sick bar. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Track 18. Red Velvet. Also known as fake chocolate. Is That's it what red, Vel- no, red velvet is just like chocolate with dye or whatever. So. So this is one of the ones I don't like the helium voice Andre for most of the song. <laughs> that was a choice. <laughs> this song is fine, but it just doesn't do much for me. Yeah, uh, I have to agree. It's like one of the weaker songs on the album. I still like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was flexing his muscle. He was trying to do some different stuff. Um, I mean, most of the time when he tries something, it works. But this one, oh, <laughs> <laughs> track nineteen, cruising in the ATL interlude. For some I like, reason, I, I like yep, this one. Yeah, I like this one too. <laughs> A little jing- radio jingle. Yeah, yeah. And then track twenty, gangsta shit. I like this song. I do too. It's got uh, it's a very not- ominous mood track. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, well, no, and it's it's another one of those ones that has like a good, like the hook is catchy or the chorus is catchy, and uh, you know it's just uh, there's some there's uh is is this the one where I don't want to say the wrong the wrong lyric. I, so, I think oh, go ahead. So everyone on this track sounds like they're about to kick your face in. Like Which it's, it's kind of like gangsta shit, so it should yeah. sound like that. But then when Andre Three Thousand comes in, he doesn't sound like he's gonna beat you up, but he's about to own you with words. Like he's just like the lover that's in the background. He's like a, I don't know his his lyrics like, "We pull your whole deck, fuck pulling your card, and still take my guitar and take a walk in the park." Like it's just like, like sassy. It's like yeah. cocky, cool guy. It's not like everyone else is like, "I'm about to punch your face." Andre's like, I'm about to play the guitar. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I want to play the soundtrack to this beat down. <laughs> but I do like everyone did great. And I and Andre's was he was threatening in a different way. Just not the same way that they were threatening. I'm intimidated. Worked on me. Yep. Yep. This also feels like a like a traditional like a more traditional rap song. Yeah. Know, which I like. I like the I like the inter interdispersion of, you know, artsy fartsy uh stuff with some callbacks to who they were on the first three albums you know and they get they get like three more of their their atlanta crew on the album why didn't they have the one guy you were talking about what was his name uh backbone like he should have been on this song to like i don't know (laughs) i don't know all right track 21 toilet tisha 
I have some thoughts about this one. <laughs> so toilet tissue, it's not Do you have history. Like, huh? Do you have a history for it? Well, I have. I just have some some notes. So it's not like, um, like musically, not the greatest song, but it's another example of this like social mindedness of Outcast. This you know the song is about it like the suicidal thoughts of a, a teenager with an unwanted pregnancy. Like, what rap group is talking about that at this time? Yeah, nobody. I like, will and say so that that part of it makes it like a valuable piece. But it's not like a great song. I, this is my note about the beat. The beat doesn't really feel like it fits with the lyrics. Yeah. And the beat does sound like a Childish Gambino song. If you listen to this song and you did not hear the lyrics, you would have thought it was off like one of the last two Gambino albums. All right. Now I feel like I need to pull it up. You do. Pull it up. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> but maybe I was just high when I was listening to this. Am <laughs> I thinking that? <laughs> yeah. Do you it's hear it? Funky. Yeah. The it's like super funky. He's got that electric yeah, guitar. It sounds like it could be off Awaken. Yeah. No, this is. Yeah. I take it back. This is a good song. I like it. I, I think. The lyrics are strong and important, and I think the song's good. I just don't think they work together. Yeah. So it's not like my least favorite, but it's not my favorite. I'd have a hard time picking a least favorite just because, like, I I don't feel like there's really like a really bad song on here. I think like some are stronger than others, but you know, I don't know. Snap trapping is just not for me. Snap yeah, but you don't like crap. you don't like Run the Jewels, so I mean, oh, that's can all. Can really it. trust your opinion in the end? No, oh, I'm just it's calling you into question on the second episode. <laughs> you ready to go into the next song? Yeah, let's go. Next one, track twenty-two, "Slum Beautiful" featuring CeeLo. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I like the it's it's a pretty romantic song in some sense. Like, girl, what's your frequency? Can I come there frequently? That's a fun lyric by Andre 3000. But where the hell is CeeLo that we... This is like before CeeLo learned how to sing. Like he, We know he can sing. Everyone's heard CeeLo sing. Yeah. And this song, it's like CeeLo is a child. It's like, I'm coming up in the game. I don't know. I don't know who his history is at this point, though. I'm not really sure either. Um, this is obviously pre-Narles Barkley and pre-Fuck You, but... Yeah, he's, he's such a good singer. We've heard him hit some amazing notes, and in this one, it's just like really not shining. Oh man, we're it down looks to like the his, last two. His first album was like two years after this, so he was probably up and coming. Okay, well then that makes a little more sense for CeeLo. Did he produce this album? I feel like he, they had a bunch of producers. No, no. Yeah. So this this album was produced um, mo- actually mostly by. Um, Outcast themselves. So Outcast and Mr. DJ called themselves the Earth Tone Three, and oh. then their their old school, like their traditional, um, the guy like the group that had been with them before, Organized Noise, also did some of the tracks. So, all right, 
track. I'm glad 20- I have some of this history stuff because I feel like you took way better notes on like the track by track, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I like that one. And I didn't look cool. up any history, so <laughs> this will be fine. Um, track 23 prenup. I do not like this interlude. This is a boomer humor. I guess. Oh, <laughs> sign a prenup. I love you. Track 24, the final track, Stankonia, Stank Love. See, I thought this was going to be your um, uh, Childish Gambino, because this song's real funky, too. When you said that like that, this was my my immediate thought was that it was this song. But <laughs> once, once I actually played Toilet Tissue again, I was like, oh, yeah, no, definitely that fits. What's your thoughts on this song? I listen. I listen to this album like five times this week, but I'm like, I don't know. Just put me on the spot. I'm like, oh, I don't. Oh. You want to know why? Because this is forgettable crap. Oh boy. Oh, I'm sorry. So, it's not forgettable crap. It's, it's a funky beat, but it's almost like the way I describe it is a band being taunted to come on for an encore when they really don't want to do an encore. They just repeat Stankonia or Stank Love for like six minutes. There's a few good bars in there, but for the most part, and it goes on way too long, and then it cuts out, and then it comes back up, and you're like, ooh, is there a hidden track? And no, nope, they just say it over and over again, and it goes away, and then it comes back again, and then they say it some more. It's just so repetitive and unfor- or forgettable. Not unforgettable. Yeah, I mean, and maybe, like, that's the part, I, like, I can hear in my, when, like, when you said, what do you think about this song? I can hear in my head them going, Stank Love. But that's, like, I don't remember a whole lot of the rest of the song except for that, like, repeating itself. So maybe that's. It's 90% that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. I almost feel like I wish they would have switched Toilet to Shit with Gangsta Shit and ended it on Gangsta Shit. <laughs> Yeah, That's all I, I can see that. Well, actually, yeah. I like Slump Beautiful, too. I just didn't like CeeLo in it. Overall, amazing album. Amazing. Yeah. Um, like I, like we've said, this is... Uh, would you say that this is their best album? Ooh. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. This is your opinion. This isn't... This isn't you saying, like, this is proclamation this is just like to you i should say is this your favorite album before we did this deep dive speaker box and love below was my favorite album because i have listened to that so much like both of them yeah and this is the first time i've actually sat down with this album i still think it's probably my second favorite even though it's 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 close it's close all good it's um you know how about you? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think <laughs> this is probably my favorite album. I think I like these, like as much as I like the hits off of that other album. I feel off of the the double album. Um, I like that these ones still are a little bit more hip hop than because like Hey Ya and Roses are like they're pop songs. They're not, you know. Yeah. Um. I guess, like, I was looking this up, and I guess, like, there wasn't really, it was just a creative thing. It wasn't like that there was fissure between the two of them for the double album thing, um, and that they were, like, critiquing each other's songs and, like, helping each other in the process, even though they were doing it separately. It wasn't, like, a bad thing. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, I would say that I think this is my favorite, my favorite one. Um, I will admit that I haven't, um, one of the things about, 
researching this one is that I've learned that I need to go back and like listen to the older outcasts because I am a hip hop head. So I'm like, well, I like that stuff even better. Like once I, you know, give it a, Research give it more of a shot. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I am a hip hop head who loves melt like the the correct melding of other stuff with it. So like this, I have pop sensibilities and I like other music and stuff. So I do appreciate the creative like juices on this album. And it's it's really cool. Like I think that the metaphor that I use for this album is like Big Boy is like Big Boy is the anchor. He has his style. He mostly sticks to it. He is a little bit of a weirdo, and I think that goes along with, and he's open to the other things, but I think like he has his thing that he does. He does it very well. He's the anchor, and then Andre is the boat moving with the tide, exploring the musical space, doing yeah. more weird things. And I think in this album, you can definitely see that like divergent creative vision that would lead to them doing double solos together instead of doing one album. But at the same time, even though it's different, they still, it still works. It's still cohesive on this, on the songs on this album. And they still are able to both shine, even though they're both different. Like it were, it, it works in a way that you wouldn't like, if you looked at this on paper, it shouldn't work, but obviously yeah. they have a chemistry that supersedes that. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm I trying agree. to be really deep to make up for my lack of track research. See, Hey, you did band research. <laughs> I count that. So that's our deep dive on that album. <laughs> that, that's that. Oh, you know, the one other thing I was going to say that I, the one other note that I missed here um, is that all of this like musical growth and ex- experimentation was really one, like one of the things that happened and um like in all of my research like this was one of the first things people mentioned um in 1997 or 98 they they bought bobby brown's old studio in atlanta and they named it stankonia it's chicken or the egg kind of thing did was the album stankonia was the studio stankonia first but that allowed them to like not worry about like paying for studio time and stuff they just had their space right and they could experiment all they wanted yeah although i did read this thing about how andre like knew he was going to paint his walls. So he was like writing his lyric ideas like on the wall and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's such a like a Danny. Like, I can't wait to tell you that because that's like <laughs> such a Danny, like artistic thing. Like, um, you know, I mean, I've done that. I've written stuff. Yeah. Cool. Do you want to go into our weekly rewind? Yeah. Did you not find anything? I So I actually, I did look. I got. The I, I the only thing, and I feel like it's a cop out because it's the same thing I said last week. But I was listening to that. The only other thing I listened to besides Outcast this week was that Miley album. Okay, well it's, I want to know, you liked it? I did like it. I have okay. I, I didn't. didn't mind I didn't listen it. to the whole thing. But let me do a quick recap of what I think of it. Okay. WTF? Yeah. Do I know you? The starting track. Title track for our first track, amazing. And then your singles are amazing. But I just, it kind of is way too mellow for me. And then the Billy Idol's track and the 
the Stevie Nicks track and the Joan Jett track, all of them so disappointing with who's on them. Mm. But, like you don't like the disguised. features or? Yeah, the features just don't build to it like they should. Like, but I, the Prisoner's still amazing. Midnight Sky is still amazing. The like the WTF is great. It's not a bad album. It's just I was really hoping after hearing track one, I was like, ooh, this whole album's gonna have like so much energy. Not that much energy. Hmm. But it's good. It was good. Uh, I did want to more listens, but I'm yeah. So Bleachers. I don't know if you, do you know that band? I've heard of it, but I don't. They released, tell you. they released a song that's not great. I'm not suggesting it, but it's called 45. And I just. Is it about the I president? Lo- no. And that's the issue. You think it is like the lyrics mm. are like, I'm going to keep you spinning. I'm always on your side. It's about playing 45s. Oh, OK. But. A lot of the <laughs> lyrics sound like it's about Trump. And I'm like, okay, are you taking a side here, Bleacher Dude? Because you suck if so. But yeah. I, I, the lyrics, if you read them out, they look all about spinning 45s. But <laughs> you could really... The song is just called 45. I feel like he might be making a statement. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh... I'll suggest a few other songs for people listening. Zach Bryan, November Air is a really pretty song. Tizo Touchdown, Social Cues. And King Princess Pain is a very interesting dance song. All worth a listen. You know what? I just realized there was one other thing I listened to, but it's not as much. It's, you know, you'll see why I didn't even think of it. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what it's from, but Anne Berlin um did a f- like a full um like live re-recording of blueprints for the black market which is their first and best album yeah um and it's pretty good like i was i was impressed by how good it sounded and how good they still sounded and i thought like i don't know i like hearing i like hearing bands that i like like from back in the day like redoing stuff and seeing how it sounds now Makes me think of that Real Big Fit when Real Big Fish had to re-record all their songs for their greatest hits album, and they were like better yeah, than the yeah. original recordings. Like, so okay, okay. If you like them, I would check that out. Um, they did that. All right, so that's it for this. How are you episode? feeling about these uh, Billy Joe Billy Joe uh, cover songs that keep showing up in my release radar? I'm going to say I don't want to get into it now. There's a lot of cover songs that came out this year. I feel like everyone in quarantine that's a musician was like, I'm going to cover at least three songs. Well, if he you did like a whole album, though. Oh, yeah, but there's everyone is doing covers. But wait, Billy Joel is doing covers? Billy or Joe someone... Armstrong from Green Day. Oh, no, I did see those. I'm not a fan. Okay, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I... Green Day will always have a part of my heart, but I haven't liked anything from Green Day in a long time. Me neither. I think not since the early 2000s, really. Not since American Idiot, I feel like. American Idiot was played out. Warning is my favorite, and everything before Warning. Well, no, I'm just saying American Idiot is the last like really good thing that they put out. Oh, yeah. It, it, it got murdered by the radio and by, you know, but yeah, it everything that's good, that happens, too. So, Although so, I will say, to bring it back to our original topic... I don't think the radio played out these three songs, the three singles off of 
uh, Stankonia. So you think they would too? Because they're amazing. Well, they didn't. I mean, they played them to death, but that's just a testament to how, how good, good they are. These songs are, yeah. So this was our first deep dive. If anyone has any suggestions for future deep dives, we'll do like I want to do maybe one a month, maybe. Okay. Maybe one every other month. Uh, where we just deep dive either an album or a whole band, which that means we just wouldn't get too specific on like each track, of course. <laughs> well, I and I think, you know, if we do if we do a full band, you know, if if uh say like a band has you know, only has like two or three albums. That'd be it might easy. be easier to do that. But like, if you're doing a band that's been around for a long time, you might have to do like eras, right? Like the so this, we're not this decade do, or whatever. We're not going to do an hour long episode where we deep dive every album of the Beatles. <laughs> no, every I think the Beatles would fully be a would be a <laughs> uh, an era. Uh, yeah, you know, an era one for sure. Do you have a Do you have a, a WTF song for this week? I thought I said it. It was the, uh, hold on. Oh, did, or did you already say it? And I just missed it. That Bleacher song. That's, oh, okay. could be about the president. Or 303 came out with a song called Kisseltoe. And it sounds like a ripoff of another song. And also it's just really bad. Do you have one? I do. It's kind of funny. Like, it's, it's not. Like, again, I'm giving a, a caveat to this. So... I thought this would be funny. Spotify does this thing where like there will be, I have, I, so I basically use release radar for this. Like I look for the, you know, Spotify for those that don't know, Spotify makes a playlist of like, if uh, artists that you've played a bunch or that you've liked a bunch of their tracks or whatever, um, has something new come out, they'll put it in this list. And so I've played as you are probably completely aware I've played a lot of Africa by Toto. And still that song, I mean, it's a thing, you know, <laughs> plus I like a couple other uh, of their songs. And so, um, but for whatever reason, there will be like smaller artists or like artists from other countries who have the same name. Yeah. And so every once in a while I'll get a song Um and I'll be like, oh, this band has a new thing. And I'll click on it. And it's like some guy rapping Spanish at me or something. And that's exactly what happened this week with Bourbon by some rapper named Toto from some other country. I was like, what is this? They have a new Toto has Toto. a new song. And then I Bourbon. was like, oh, no, this is not what I thought it was. That happened so. to me two weeks ago when the rapper L-O came out with a song. But Spotify screwed up and said it was Electric Light Orchestra. And I was oh, like, ELO? oh, hell yeah. Electric Light Orchestra came out with a new song. But no, it was it was not. It was not Electric Light Orchestra. Mm. All right. So this is fun. We want to do it next week. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 on the weekly train. We can I, I say we do weekly until we can't. And plus, we actually already have a show scheduled for next week. We have um, a guest. We have a guest. We have our first guest. So, um, do we want to preview that for our listenership? Do we want to yeah, like sure. tell them? So, um, next week we have uh, Nathan Marks from the Injured List uh, coming on to talk about some new music that they have coming out, and we will actually have a song Premier. preview. Um, so, 
they're releasing their B-Sides album tomorrow. Yes. So that'll be out by the time this is out. But they have a Christmas song that won't be released, and then we are premiering it. Yeah, so you'll hear it here first. And then we're going to use that to talk about our favorite, like, uh, punk derivative Christmas songs. Just Um, any alternate Christmas song that's not on the radio. I don't know, because I have some that aren't punk derivative. It's just weird. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm probably going to put Last Christmas by uh, George Michael on mine. So, I mean, that's a huge song. Oh, do they have to be like not hits? Yeah, non hits. You can't put Wham or George Michael. I mean, you can't. You can't stop me. You could put New Kids (laughs) on the Blocks Christmas songs because they're not that famous, but. Okay, so so are are there are like certain songs are off the uh, off off the list? So like no no last Christmas, no um all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey. Just Christmas songs that you know you everyone knows. <laughs> Can I so are Christmas songs from the Hanson Christmas album off the I table? don't know, Eddie. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> if you want to use Hanson's Christmas album. What about InSync's Christmas album? I mean it's fire. So yeah, <laughs> one of the best Christmas albums ever. I, this, you know, um, it's funny. I think that most of our, when you and I make a list about the same thing, generally there's some crossover, and I feel like this is like a niche enough thing that there's going to be more crossover than normal, but maybe not because you're you're weirder than me. So to make it less crossover, I forgot to tell you, and I'm going to tell Nathan only five songs each. Okay. Because that's that really made me narrow down. Because it's Wham! Last Christmas, and then Wham! Last Christmas, and then Wham! Last Christmas, and then Wham! Last Christmas, and John Williams' Holiday Flight. That's you my list. You don't want to put Jimmy World's cover <laughs> of Last Christmas on there? No, no. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. I've got some stuff. I got some stuff. My wife cool. found a really weird old track that I've been jamming a lot lately. I don't want to give it away till next week, but it's a great Christmas jingle. God, you know, obviously you've been married for a while and it's still it just feels weird to hear you say that. Like we're so you we, you and I are so old, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you have a wife uh, soon, too. I know. No, I know. And when, when I say married uh, COVID, I don't know. We're engaged, though. We'll <laughs> you should there. make save the date cards that say COVID. I don't know. On TBA. The <laughs> yeah, COVID. I don't know. Um, well, it, 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 when I mentioned her earlier, I don't know if you noticed the pause before I said I was like my fiance, you know, did that. Yeah. So because um, that feels weird, too. So, yeah, um, if you have any. So, yeah, that's what we're doing next week. And if you guys have any album deep dives that you want us to do, any other like really we're we are completely open to suggestion. I mean, I, if you have a good suggestion for anything, we will jump on it. Um, it might and, not be for uh, bits because we got yeah no stuff in no the promises works, on when it'll be no not at all. Um, but so you can Where find can contact. Oh, I was supposed to help you lead into because I felt like you were getting there. Where can um, you find us, Josh? So we are on Instagram at and Twitter at b underscore side pod, <laughs> and um, we are in this current moment. At re- of recording we are still on the josh and tab feed um but we will be on our own feed um very very soon and we'll we'll pump that out on social media and then um so 
I won't tell you to rate and re- review and subscribe to stuff yet because we don't have our separate space. I mean, but if you want to go onto the feed we're on and do it anyway and give the ratings to this and my other show, that would be <laughs> fine with me. Um, and then um, also I want to let you guys know that that intro song you heard was uh, Writer's Block by Former Critics, and you can check them out, uh, Former Critics, on Bandcamp. And that link is in the show notes. Do you want to um, plug your other pod- other podcasts or we just leave that off yeah i don't care no oh actually uh i as uh we've talked about before i do have a podcast bourbon and blood with my wife and tomorrow the same time this is released we are releasing one too Ooh, uh, our first of few christmas horror movies You're trying will to be released with our listens Danny. i'm dropping two podcasts in one day <laughs> so people can nice. get sick of us well, I'm on this one, so it'll help break up the... No. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, so... Thanks for that listening. Was, that was uh, Stankonia by Outcast. So fresh, so clean. We're sorry this podcast sucked, Miss Jackson. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Later. Bye.